0: Election College, episode number 249, Lucy Hayes.
1: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and Ben Smith.
0: Jason, if you thought that Rutherford B. Hayes was a president that we barely ever hear about or talk about, then you're really going to not have a clue who Lucy Hayes is because that's his wife. And she was the first lady during the time of his presidency. And uh, we're going to hop right into talking about her. She comes after Julia Grant's in the lineup, but we'll start at the beginning of her life.
1: Yeah. So Lucy Hayes, or she was known as Lucy Webb at the time, was born in August of 1831 in Chillicothe, Ohio. And her parents uh, were Dr. James Webb and Maria Cook. And she had two older brothers who, believe it or not, became doctors. And in 1833, so just a couple of years after her birth, her dad goes to the family home in Lexington, Kentucky to free um, I don't know, it was over a dozen slaves that he had inherited from his aunt. And while this was going on, while he was doing this good deed, there was a cholera epidemic and James cared for those who had fallen ill. He actually contracts cholera and dies. And Lucy's mom, her friends are like, you know what? sell the slaves don't just free them and her mom's like no i would rather take in washing to earn money before she would sell a slave so maria's father isaac cook he would have
0: been lucy's grandfather uh was a big advocate of the temperance movement and at a young age he encouraged lucy to sign a pledge to basically to stay away from alcohol and uh kind of a little trend there with the last couple of first ladies uh, in 1844 the Webbs moved to Delaware Ohio and Lucy's brothers uh, signed up at Ohio Wesleyan University and Lucy was like well hey I like to kind of study but women are not permitted at this point to enroll in college so she was in uh, enabled to go to some prep programs you know you're not really in college but you're kind of prepping for it uh, even though they wouldn't allow her in and in a few years or actually the next year uh, the vice president of the college was like hey this lady is phenomenal like she's way above where she should be so Uh, A few months later, Lucy travels over to Cincinnati Wesleyan Female College, uh, where she was allowed to attend. And she graduates there in 1850. And, uh, you know, most people or most women at this time in history were not very well educated or at least not allowed to be very well educated. If they wanted to be educated, they had to learn on their own. And so uh, Lucy's kind of ahead of the curve at this point.
1: Yeah, she's writing essays like, is traveling on the Sabbath consistent with Christian principles? And uh, she also wrote an essay called The Influence of Christianity on National Prosperity. So she was definitely not a lightweight when it came to academic and social and religious writing. So she meets Rutherford at Ohio Wesleyan University. And she was 14 years old when they meet. Rutherford was 23. And Rutherford's mom was like, hey, that's a really cute girl there. You need to go after her. And Rutherford's like, um, I'm not a creeper. <laughs> she needs to uh, grow up a little bit. And um, we'll just leave it at that. So in 1850, Rutherford's older sister, Fanny, says, hey, you need to go visit... Lucy this sounds like a 1950s pop song doesn't it maybe that's where all those songs were inspired from some of them are creepy dude. and Ben if you listen to some of those oldies even some
0: 80, 80s hair metal songs are kind of they are
1: and I just eh. I don't know I mean yikes anyway I digress so in 1850 Fanny Rutherford's sisters like go visit Lucy you need it you need to meet her Again, she's grown up and, wow, I'm quoting lyrics from another 1950s song. And Rutherford's like, whoa, (laughs) I'm just taken by her and I'm going to give her this golden ring that I found in a wedding cake. And she's like, hey, thanks. What could be more romantic? You know, it's better than like one of those king cakes from Mardi Gras where they have the baby. Oh, yeah. You find the little baby, which is totally weird. So I'd rather find a gold ring than a
0: king cake baby. You have to wonder like, if the baker went home that night and was like, hey, honey, where's your ring? Oh, no. It's in the <laughs> cake. Anyway. Uh, so in 1851, Rutherford, which is still just so weird that that's a first name, says in his diary, I guess I am a great deal in love with Lucy. Her Her low, sweet voice, her soft, rich eyes and you know he's also really interested in the fact that she's intelligent and the fact that she has a good character and they end up getting um you know after they get engaged uh after they get engaged lucy is like hey um rutherford here why don't you have this ring back and rutherford ends up wearing that ring for the rest of his life Uh, they get married at her mother's house in cincinnati and it's a pretty you know Mild mannered wedding, I guess you could say, uh, and that is in
1: December of eighteen fifty-two. And when it's eighteen fifty-two, where do you go on your honeymoon? Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that's right, at your sister's house. That's right. So they go up to Fanny's house. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, and when you're saying that, I'm over. I'm looking out my window right now, and I can see the Cincinnati skyline, and I'm like, I wonder where Lucy's mom's house was. Yeah. Anyway, um, but you know, they head up I seventy-one to Columbus, beautiful drive, right? And I wonder how long it took for them to get there. I feel like it probably was an I-71. Oh, man, consider that bubble burst. (laughs) Well, hopefully they had a nice car. So they head up and, uh, you know, what's more romantic than going to your sister's house for your honeymoon? And why not argue a case before the Ohio Supreme Court while you're at it? Sure. (laughs) So um, it's interesting, though, because the sisters-in-law, Fanny and Lucy, they develop a really close friendship and they attend lectures and concerts together and they go to a lecture from Lucy Stone. And Lucy Stone was very much like, you know what? Even if we need to resort to violence, we need reforms in this country. So while not totally agreeing with Lucy Stone, you can see some sympathies there for uh, women's suffrage and women's rights. And unfortunately, this friendship ends quite quickly because Fanny uh, dies giving birth to a child in 1856. So, Lucy and Rutherford
0: have eight different children, and uh, they're born from the years of 1853 all the way through 1873. Uh, so, just a little heads up there on their on their family life. Uh, Rutherford, at one point, thought that getting rid of slavery entirely was pretty radical, but Lucy is pretty anti-slavery, and she convinces him pretty quickly that it's not that bad of an idea uh she even you know kind of maybe persuades him to defend a runaway slave or multiple runaway slaves that had come from kentucky into ohio uh you know right there on the border where they are so uh after lincoln gets elected in 1860 lucy and rutherford both get to hop on the presidential train
1: and head from indianapolis to cincinnati So news hits Cincinnati of the firing on Fort Sumter, and Lucy's like, you know what, I'm all about war being a just cause here, because let's face it, slavery is wrong, and we need to do whatever we can to abolish it. And as a matter of fact, if some of my friends, some of my lady friends were down there right now in South Carolina we would make sure that there would be no surrender. The Confederates would not have taken any ground.
0: So in September of 1862, Rutherford gets injured uh, in Maryland. And for some reason, there was some kind of paperwork error. Uh, Lucy thinks that he is in Washington, the the capital. And he's not, of course. So there's a whole lot of running around and trying to figure out what's going on. Eventually, she finds her way to Maryland Uh, after about two weeks and Hayes and Lucy uh, go back to Ohio. I guess they're both Hayes, technically, but the Hayeses return back to Ohio uh, along with some other wounded troops. And eventually, Rutherford goes back to his regiment, and Lucy becomes you know just a regular face to see around the army camp. Uh, she's really helpful in that she you know, helps the wounded people. Um, she comforts people who are going you know, to pass, uh, pass away. Uh, she makes sure that people who are homesick have something to, have somebody to talk to, have something to do uh, just to keep their mind off of things. And um, she was also really good at getting supplies to help the soldiers. You know that you know, nobody that neither side with their army really had a whole lot of money and uh, she was helpful to the soldiers to be able to get basic things that they needed and provisions.
1: Yeah, in the midst of her helping out all of these soldiers, their infant son Joe dies while at an army camp. So it wasn't without their own personal tragedy. Yeah. In 1866, after the war, they didn't go back to New York. I just I knew you were going to go there. To, you did, didn't yeah. You? yeah. Oh, it's typical. So in 1866, uh, the Hazes, or is it Hazes? Hazes is. I don't know. You, wow, man, that's a lot of syllables to add to Hayes. <laughs> yeah. The hazes. I'm just going to say the Hayeses. Yeah. They go back uh, to Ohio, which doesn't rhyme with New York, which I guess after the war, they went back to New York. I guess there's some rhyme in there. Anyway, they um, travel uh, throughout the South and witness some of the race riots that are happening in Memphis and New Orleans and to scope out the damage that had been done. And she is doing her best to have a pulse of what is going on around the country, especially when it comes to racial and the, the disenfranchised people. The sad thing about this trip that they took in 1866 is that their two-year-old son, George, dies again serving others,
0: and they lose another child. So the presidential election of 1876 rolls around, and of course it takes a little while for Hayes to be declared the winner, uh, about five months after Election Day. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's so far delayed that the Hayes board a train, they head to Washington, and they're not even sure if Rutherford is going to be the president-elect. So eventually they figure it out on their trip and everything, but yeah it's kind of a mess at first when they first moved in to the white house the funds for the white house to be restored uh were not exactly available and part of that's because of reconstruction and the civil war and all that kind of stuff so lucy goes up into the attic which i didn't even know there was an attic in the white house but apparently there is and gets a bunch of old furniture and everything and rearranges things around so that you can't see, oh, I don't know, the holes in the carpet and drapes. So uh, she is really uh, ingenious in that respect
1: and, and makes do with what she has. It's kind of interesting because while Rutherford was the governor, Lucy would go with him to visit Prisons and uh, institutions, everything from institutions for the mentally ill and facilities for uh, deaf folks, mute mute people. Um, but one interesting thing is is that she and her friends helped establish a soldiers' orphans' home in Xenia, Ohio. For those of you, you know, we're joking about traveling with no I seventy one between Cincinnati and Columbus. Xenia is about halfway between the two, so you're out in the middle of flat land. As a matter of fact, they get tornadoes all the time there in Xenia. But the structures for the orphan's home are still there. And up until the 90s, these buildings, I think there's over 20 buildings as a part of this complex, were still in use. And They have since been renovated, and if any of you are familiar with um, the uh, organization called Athletes in Action, that's where they're headquartered now in some of these old buildings. So it's kind of cool that some of the legacy, and actually it's called the Legacy Center, um, the legacy of the Hayes family is still in existence right there in Xenia, Ohio. I did not know that, Jason. Yeah, you have to go visit sometime. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, I attended a banquet there and they're all these famous athletes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Nice.
0: I've stopped in Xenia for like the gas station or a restaurant or something thousands of times going back and forth between my house and yours, but maybe not thousands, but you know, a lot. Yep. It's a good place to get gas so thanks to those who had come before her, uh, the first lady position was incredibly more prominent nowadays whenever Lucy gets into office. And of course there are many female uh, journalists and reporters and everything like that. And so of course they want to cover the first lady and this is, you know, before the days where uh, the first lady would really have their own staff and they would have their own calendar and things like that. Uh, But, this is kind of developed a little bit uh, in in some respects with Lucy Hayes and uh, the role that she takes on. Uh, She was uh, really the first one. We've talked about the title of first lady before, but she's really the first one to be really widely referred, uh, widely referred to as the first lady by the press and things like that. And this is also uh, one of the first times where, people get to see some sketches of the first lady from the inauguration. And as we know, you know, those are big to do's. You're going to have really fancy clothes. You're going to have a really nice gown. And uh, there's going to be a lot of attention centered around that. Uh, Somebody from the New York Herald says, Mrs. Hayes is a most attractive and lovable woman. She is the life and soul of every party for the mother of so many children. She looks youthful.
1: Yeah. So you've heard people accuse uh, Mrs. Hayes of being quote, Lemonade Lucy, but that term didn't come around until well into the 20th century. So if you ever hear anybody talk about how she was called Lemonade Lucy while she was alive, that's just not true. And she was the life of the party. And yeah, they were teetotalers, but they still had a good time. So you can have a good time without, you know, drinking alcohol. And, um, some of the cool things that happened during the Hayes administration were bathrooms were installed in running water and the phone. Well, it was kind of a crude version of the phone, but that <laughs> happened. And Lucy used a typewriter and a phonograph and she really got a kick out of expanding the greenhouse and using the, uh, the fruit of that greenhouse, the flowers to, um, really brighten up the building. And it was just very nice that uh, people could come to the White House and enjoy um, beautiful, beautiful things.
0: Yeah. And Lucy would oftentimes go with Rutherford on his trips around the country and everything. And of course, sometimes she would, you know, um, accompany him to his meetings and balls and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of times she would go to, Things related to the arts, the Academy of Fine Arts, Philadelphia School of Design for Women. Uh, the, uh, she went to the Women's Medical College in Philadelphia. Uh, she'd go to schools and orphanages and stuff like that. And so we know there's a possibility that other First Ladies would have had their own schedule. Uh, but this is the first documented one we have where, yeah, she is a celebrity in her own right uh, going around meeting people. People want to meet the First Lady, not just the President's wife.
1: Yeah, so among some of the other things that she um, did in her role as First Lady is she uh, advocated for the completion of the Washington Monument. Yeah, it took that long for that thing to get finished. That's so crazy. We should do an episode on the Washington Monument. You yeah. think we could fill 20 minutes talking about it? I bet we could because we're going to talk about all the secret compartments in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in the basement. That's right. The basement of the Washington Monument. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> She also, get this, Ben, children were barred from rolling Easter eggs on the Capitol grounds. So, Mrs. Hayes, she's like, come on over to the White House, kids. I'll hook you up with some Easter eggs. You can roll them all over the place if you want. Yeah. And then she also visited other First Ladies from the past. She visited Sarah Polk and went to Mount Vernon and Montpelier to check out um, the furnishings at Martha Washington and Dolly Madison's house. Of course, they weren't around to enjoy her company, but she also asked Julia Tyler to help officiate at a White House reception and was friends with Julia Grant.
0: So Rutherford keeps his promise to only serve one term, and Rutherford and Lucy head back to Fremont, Ohio, uh, to Spiegel Grove in 1881. And uh, there they have a, a semi retirement, I guess you could say. Um, Jason mentioned the the views on temperance and, and things like that, uh, how she was persuaded not to uh, drink alcohol. But it was also known that she uh, actually opposed the act of prohibition. And she thought that, you know, if you, um, if you force people to not do something, they're going to want to do it more. And she really thought that you should persuade people instead. At any rate, the Women's Christian Temperance Union, who were Big pushers of the temperance movement and of prohibition, uh, they commissioned a portrait by Daniel Huntington uh, of Lucy Hayes, and so you know it goes in the uh, the ranks along with those of Martha Washington and Dolly Madison, which were paintings that she insisted should be
1: hung in the presidential mansion or you know the White House. Yeah, so throughout her life, she continues to advocate for women's suffrage, and she joins the Women's Relief Corps. And um, after they're back in Ohio, she teaches Sunday school and attends um, army reunions and, you know, hangs out at Spiegel Grove. She dies in June of 1889 uh, due to a stroke only 57 years been. Um, so very short life, but but her death was commemorated around the country as flags flew half mast in her honor and Rutherford died three and a half years after her. And they are um, interned at Spiegel Grove next to their dog and horses. So I like how their horses were old whitey and old Ned. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting names for sure.
0: So there you have it. Uh, Lucy Hayes, wife of Rutherford B. Hayes. And uh, First Lady of the United States, kind of the first big deal uh, First Lady, I guess you could say, who wouldn't want to be able to meet the First Lady. And she was uh, one of the most personable First Ladies up to that point uh, that was able to kind of take that position. Or it, It's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird thing. It's not really a position, but at the same time, it holds a lot of power being the First Lady. Um, a lot of people respect you. So uh, she was able to take
1: that to new heights. Yeah. And to think that this is only a couple of decades after the civil war and a lot of her efforts, you know, helped kind of the process along with healing the nation. Yeah. Even though, yeah, it's a, it's a mixed legacy there, the, the Hayes administration, and they don't get enough voice in the conversation about post civil war American history, in my opinion. Definitely.
0: Hey, uh, we want to make sure you're having lots of conversations about history. And one of the ways you can do that is by interacting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you head over to our social media channels, you can look for us at Election College. And uh, we'll be glad to talk with you. We like to chat. Uh, Just send some memes back and forth. Whatever you think is acceptable.
1: We'll probably get on board. Yeah. And if you're nice to us, we'll laugh. With you, not at you. Well, both. Yeah. And don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. You can do that by going to electioncollege.com slash review or com slash iTunes. We're cool like that. We're versatile. That's right.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.